Hello, welcome. This is Sean Hathaway. This is podcast Breakaway, my podcast. It's our podcast, I guess, since you're listening to it too. That makes it our podcast. That's actually from um, Fast Times Ridgemont High, Spicoli. Look it up if you don't know it. Aging myself. Okay, here we go. Breaking away from mainstream talk, mainstream media, trying to figure out truth, what's going on. We're not Democrat. We're not Republican. We're not red. We're not blue. We're just uh, rational, which is what this country needs for crying out loud. Okay, so jumping in here. It is Thursday, July 22nd. Big day for me because I'm leaving to go uh, surfing and I'm not a great surfer, and I've said this like 10 podcasts ago, but at least I try, all right? You know, the goal is, you know, try not to get injured, I guess. So, um, the Olympics tomorrow are starting, and I'm not sure if anybody's going to be watching them. They are in Tokyo, which is fine, but there's no one attending, so whenever these events take place, no one's attending. I don't know. I'm sure the gyms, gymnastics will be fun. I was a little bummed. This woman, uh, really uh, fastest woman in the United States, Shakiri Shakari Richardson, was banned from the Olympics for you know smoking marijuana. I guess you know the rule is the rule is the rule, but it's a pretty lame rule. Uh, I'm not a huge marijuana smoker, but it's not performance enhancing, so who the hell cares? And COVID, what's going on with COVID? Okay, so there's this new variant called the Delta variant, and if you're anything like me, you're probably getting absolutely tired of reading and hearing about it. I'm going to turn my volume up a little bit, so you may have to turn your volume down if you get this. Okay, so the Delta variant is highly contagious. Um, they're saying it's 3 to 4x more contagious. There's definitely people getting COVID now that have been double vaccinated. I have, anecdotally, one of my favorite podcasts that I recommend to every, well, I don't know if everybody would enjoy it, but it's called the All In Podcast. It's hosted by four, uh, basically, VC, uh, venture capitalists, you know, entrepreneurs, business guys. David Sachs, Shamath Paliapatia, Jason Calacanis, and I think it's David Friedberg. I don't know if I got his first name right. Anyhow, great podcast. Point is, one of them got covid uh, he has been double vaccinated, and he's certain that he got it eating uh, dinner with his good friend, who's also double vaccinated, and he came down with a mild cold. And if you've been reading the newspapers, people are getting uh, COVID even if they've been double vaccinated. This is a little scary, and I'm probably going to have to like backtrack on kind of maybe what I've said on some previous podcasts, and that I think COVID's over, we're done with, and move on with life. And I'm going to... I'm going to amend that position a little bit. COVID's not over, but I think that we need to behave as if it is over. Let people make their own decisions. If you're not comfortable going out and shopping in public, then don't. I do think we should highly encourage vaccinations and encourage everyone to be vaccinated because it's clear that the vaccination helps reduce the severity of the issue. But at the end of the day, I think there were more suicides and sicknesses and basically, I'm not going to go into it, but it was 2020 sucked and we can't shut down again. So enough on that. But uh, the variants are here. It sucks, but that's what's happening. Let's go into better and good news. 
So markets, they are up 16% year to date. That is absolutely amazing. When is this ever gonna stop? I have to admit, it is getting a little frothy. Prices are high. Um, just year to date, I was looking at some of these mega cap techs, and I've said this before, I wish, I, I should just put all my money into these mega cap tech stocks. And yeah, maybe you're not gonna, you know, 10X your money, you know, on some of these bets people made earlier in, 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 in the life cycle of like a Zoom video or <clears throat> or something like that. But if you owned Alphabet, NVIDIA, PayPal, Facebook, Microsoft, Alphabet, NVIDIA, well, all the ones I just named are up 51%, 49%, 29%, 27%, 27%, respectively, year to date. So Google. One of the biggest companies in the world, over market cap over a trillion, up 50% year to date. So you just have your money sitting there, throw $100,000 in there, six months later you got $150,000. Now obviously that's not going to be the run rate of the stock and how much it continues to increase over time, but it's just amazing. And these companies have so such competitive advantage and they're so big and they're so dominant in what they do, it's very hard to imagine them going away. And then people have the discussion of whether they're going to be broken up, and it's entirely possible, and I actually think Facebook should be broken up, and to a certain extent in Alphabet, maybe spin YouTube out, and Facebook should split WhatsApp, and Facebook for sure, Amazon, maybe they should spin AWS. Anyway, the, the, the theory there, I think most people would agree that in those cases, the sum of the parts is actually going to be greater than the whole, so you're not going to lose any money if those companies get split up. Okay, Bitcoin. I, I'm getting kind of tired of crypto because it's just it's just this crazy area. It's like cowboy land, and it's it's up and down. And I think today it was around 30k. It's seeing some comeback because yesterday there was a huge event called the B word or Bitcoin. You can go look it up on YouTube. I watched some of it, not all of it. I would like to watch the whole thing. It was actually pretty educational. But there was one segment where Kathy Woods, who's kind of the CEO of ARK, ARK, um, ARK ETF, very famous ETF, Elon Musk, obviously CEO of Tesla, and Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter. The three of them basically just discussed you know, crypto and their thoughts on it. And, uh, you know, they're all pro-crypto. They, they think it's a good thing. They, they think it's uh, going to help facilitate uh, commerce into the future and it's kind of an inevitable that uh, that crypto is going to live on but right now it's bad for the environment blah, blah blah elon musk said that he owns he personally owns the big some big disclosure he owns bitcoin ethereum and dogecoin um also known as doggy coin i think it was originally dog e coin like an e-coin e-commerce coin and then it was this meme of a dog but um so he owns that, and he also said SpaceX owns Bitcoin, and we already knew that Tesla owns Bitcoin. Tesla had like a $1.5 billion, that's with a B, as in booty, holding of Bitcoin. So uh, it's around here to stay. Got to always talk about it. What else is going on in news? We've got all our billionaires launching into space. I'm actually excited about it. Some people are think it's a complete waste of money, and we should be spending money on you know, homelessness and healthcare and that kind of thing. But look, guys, there's plenty of money for that. We just completely spend it inefficiently. I think the United States probably spends more on healthcare per capita than any other country in the world, and we're probably ranked like 
I'm making this number up, but I'm sure it's like 20th or something in terms of the quality. So we got plenty of money. It's just that our government and our and our systems suck. Uh, they're not that bad, but they could be better. So it's good that we're spending money going into space and exploring and the final frontiers and that kind of thing. I kind of thought found Jeff Bezos endearing. Uh, I think he was funny. He had his cowboy hats, he had his cowboy boots on, his cowboy hat. It's like, who is this guy? Uh, you listen to his interview afterwards. He's laughing contagiously. He just seemed, he seems like a fun guy, and he's like, I'm definitely going to go up there again and do it. And I thought it was brave and good of him to show that, yeah, we can. I'm 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 confident in my in my spacecraft and going up here. So now we got him and we got Elon and we got Richard Branson, all doing this. Interestingly, he drove a Rivian. It's like he's copying Elon. Elon drives all of his like when they're going to the launch pad. He drives the the Tesla Model X. And now I was like, what is that truck they're driving the launch pad? Uh, it was the Rivian. And I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, Amazon has a has a uh, like an investment in Rivian, which is an EV EV truck. It's a good looking truck too. Good looking truck. So he went up there with his brother, and then the oldest person to ever go into space, and she was an original astronaut in the original astronauts program, which was a show that I'd recommended on previous episodes that I watch on Apple, called. For All Mankind, I think it's called, and it actually discusses in, in a few episodes and seasons about the women and the astronaut program. So it's good that she went up, and then the youngest kid ever went up, some son of a billionaire who lives in the Netherlands, and people are making fun of this, and I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. Youngest person in history to go to space, oldest person in history to go to space, another billionaire up in space. Look, this is all good. The space race is on, and it's, it's nothing but good for humanity. Netflix earnings, uh, you all know that I follow Netflix closely because I used to work there and they're interesting and they're, they're, they're just a fascinating company and, and, and they are the preeminent leader and the pure streaming play in entertainment. Okay, so big news there. I'll just kind of go through numbers real quick. They guided to an absolutely pathetic 1 million subscribers in Q2. They exceeded that guidance, which is what I said they would do last last episode. And they exceeded by... So they had 1.5 million new subscribers. So they, they're over by 50%. That's exactly what I said. And then I said they'd do a weak guide in Q3. They guided to 3.5 million new subscribers in Q3. It was a weak guide, in my opinion. Uh, when you're talking about a user base of 209 million and you're only adding 3 million. But they're saying, so I think they're going to I think they're going to beat their Q3 guidance. If they don't, the stock will be absolutely punished. And then I think Q4 is going to be stellar. I think they're going to blow it out with like 10 million ads. I hope. And then I'm going to sell everything. Okay, but we'll see. They also uh, changed, they used to have this, all these uh, internet companies have this saying, they call it ARPU. I've always just thought it was like the worst name. ARPU, like poo, like it, it stands ARPU, average revenue per user. They finally changed that to average revenue per member. They call it ARM now, ARM. Okay, minor comment, but good change. Ridiculous. They kept using the terminology ARPU for the last twenty years. Okay, so their their revenue is doing well. They're at seven point three billion dollars this quarter. It's only going to grow because it's a subscription business. That's a twelve month run rate of thirty billion. That's good. The CFO talked about 800, the, the, the idea that there's 800 to 900 million t- 
total like paid TV households in the world, excluding China, because Netflix is not in China. By the way, if Netflix ever announces we got into China, uh, stock price up 30%. Okay, so let's hope that happens too. But, you know, if they've only got 209 million and there's 8 to 900 million and that number's still growing, there's a lot of room for growth. The other thing they highlighted, they showed this cool graphic that streaming, when you're just watching TV, so not even gaming, uh, that streaming is only 27% of viewing. The other is uh, broadcast TV. Um, I guess, I don't know who watches broadcast. Does that mean like the elephant ears? Or, or the rabbit ears, and then it's 23%, and then cable's 40%, and then there's another. So streaming's only 27%, and then they're saying Netflix only has 7% of that 27%. So basically they're saying Netflix only has 7% of, of, of viewing right now. So if you think of them as only having 7% of viewing, and there's almost a billion paid TV households out there, and they're only at 209, this stock is simply just going to kind of grow forever. The question always on anyone's mind, my mind, is, is there an alternative, better investment? There probably is. Uh, it's good to be diversified. It's not going to hurt you owning Netflix. The stock over the next five, ten years is no way it goes down, you know, unless it's macroeconomic events taking everything down. The stock will just continue on a nice little steady upward pace, you know, for the next decade or more. And the question is, that is that nice little steady pace, is that a 10%? I think it's at least 10%. I'm hoping it's more like a 20% on average. That's my bet, and that's why I'm still holding it. What else did they mention? I've always said I think they should get into sports. I was happy. This was, by the way, the one conference call they actually had where they said they, they gave us some information that was useful. Like I've said before, they're kind of the masters at saying nothing on these earnings calls. But Ted said that, Ted Sarandos, co-CEO, had a content, said that for them to make a meaningful play into sports, they'd have to drop $10 billion. That's a B. <clears throat> so $10 billion in sports, obviously that's a lot of money, and they got to say, well, could that $10 billion be spent better elsewhere? And guess what? Now they said that they're going to go into gaming. Interesting. I actually had a dream last night about Netflix gaming. This is pathetic how much I think about this stuff. But basically, I was like on my mobile device playing Netflix, and then like it comes up, oh, do you want to play the game, Stranger Things? And there's actually a lot of games you could roll out pretty easily on a mobile device that are pretty simple. Um, my daughter plays a lot of games on her phone. I was looking at one of them called Clash Royale. And it's, it's, it seems graphically not, intense, not intensive, so it wouldn't use a ton of memory, and you just like pull these cards and you fight. And it's amazing how, how long they spend kids um, on these games. And I think that Netflix could roll stuff like that out pretty easily, low cost, um, and, and pretty rapidly. So I'm going to bet that by the end of this year, they've got some games going on. Hopefully, hopefully they move fast. They're getting big and bureaucratic and all that garbage, but you know, we'll see. Uh, they bought back some stock. That was interesting. They didn't talk about it all in the earnings call. Uh, but they did mention in their letter they did an average buyback of five hundred dollars. So so meaning Netflix went and bought back stock at an average price of five hundred. That means they were actively managing the buyback because a lot of companies when they say they're going to buy back stock, they just put it on a plan like okay, let's just buy X amount every week so we don't have to think about it. But there was like a very small window of time where Netflix dipped below five hundred dollars, and they must have just kind of pulled the trigger at that point. So that's cool. That was actually a good buy um, if, if they really did average $500. All right, back to Tesla. It's like I might as well just call this the Tesla Netflix podcast, right? 
So, uh, big news in Tesla this week, in my opinion, the big news is that they're opening up their charging network to third-party EV electric vehicle manufacturers. So, this is important for a couple reasons. One, just from a kind of philosophical management standpoint, it kind of tells you who Elon Musk is. Okay, a little bit. Because he, he fundamentally cares about humanity and doing the right thing. When he sold pay, PayPal, uh, his stock in PayPal, he basically took all the money and invested everything into Solar City, Tesla, and SpaceX uh, to the point where he almost went broke and was sleeping on couches. You know, that's how, mu- how much he was committed. I think most of the money went, I can look this up, most of the money went to SpaceX. And so he's always trying to do the right thing. He's always talked about how EV adoption um, is going to help. You know, it's like the, the what's the saying? The, a rising tide, you know, raises all ships. So he's saying the more people that are buying EVs, the better it's going to be for Tesla. And by the way, there's a bunch of naysayers still out there in Tesla. It's getting annoying. Like, I, again, if I believe what I'm reading, apparently Tesla Model X and Model S is completely sold out in Europe, like you can't even get one until 2022. So demand is not an issue for them. And the other thing is, okay, so let's say I'm, I'm driving some, some, uh, you know, other EV and you're pulling up to the Tesla charging station. One, you're going to be looking at all these cool Teslas that are cooler than your car and way better from a technological standpoint. You're going to see the Tesla symbol where it's just a little bit more free advertising too. And I think all in all, he's saying this can't hurt our business. And there's probably some other benefits that we we don't understand, or if you d- dig in deeper in terms of, you know, governments want to build out EV networks. Even Joe Biden has said that that's that's a main. I think it's even in one of the spending bills that we're going to build EV networks. And so now, if Tesla's saying, well, we're going to let everybody use ours, that's a that's kind of a you know gives you um, a little bit of poker chips to play play with governments around the world. Okay, J.P. Morgan in the news. Uh, <clears throat> Jamie Dimon is the CEO of J.P. Morgan. I've talked about J.P. Morgan a lot. They're one of the big, most prestigious banks and investment banks and trading firms. Them, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs. It's kind of those three. Jamie Dimon's 65 years old. He's the only uh, living, or I should say, only serving CEO who who took the bank th- through the 0809 Great Recession, obviously survived it, <laughs> and, uh, and, and here, he is, here he is today. So the, they, they're now giving him, and there's this ongoing joke about when he's going to retire, okay? I'm, I'm getting to my point here about how I believe this story is interesting. Jamie Dimon is worth, first off, the story is he's gotten this huge stock award, right? $1.5 million in stock appreciation rights. Basically, it means... If he sticks around for the next five years and J.P. Morgan's stock goes up 50% or doubles, then this award is going to be worth 100 to $200 million. You know, and if you read that headline and you're just an average Joe like, like me or, or lots of people, you're probably like, whoa, 100 to $200 million for five years of work? Hell yeah. But at the end of the day, and I saw a picture of him, I'm like, whoa, Jamie Dimon doesn't look the same. He's like, his hair is 100% white. Um, you know, I'm probably not far away from that myself in another 10 years. It's a debate, too. Am I going to dye my hair? I wonder if I'm going to do that. I might. I might. 
So anyway, his hair's white. He's looking old. He's looking tired. He's 65 years old. And get this, he's worth over $2 billion. So he's worth over $2 billion. He's 65 years old. Can, if, if he cares at this point about 100 to $200 million, I, I would say that that's, that's a sickness. And it might be a sickness we have in society. Now, maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he's just like, whatever, I don't care about the money. I care about the company, the people. I enjoy my job. I don't know. I think, I think we all need to think about that, though, because the one finite thing in life is time. And I think you really, and, and I think COVID is helping people do this with the whole staying at home and, and some people not working and not realizing how much they don't enjoy their jobs and kind of saying, how much is my time worth? You know, so for this guy, this is a great example. He's 65 years old, so he would be 70 when he retires, and he'd have another $200 million in the bank on top of his $2.2 billion. So great, he'll have like $2.4 billion. You're never even going to spend it. You know, if, if I'm him and I'm his advisor, I'd say, you know what, buddy? You need to retire now. Spend your next 35 years if you've got them. You may only have 10. He's already had like major heart issues. And, and start working on philanthropy. If you've got a family, go spend it with them. Spend some time with your grandkids. Be a mentor. Do some things like that. And uh, you're probably going to feel less regret. Okay, so that's JP Morgan. Oh, by the way, that's the company too. He's so hardcore though where he's like, yeah, you can take one day a week off. It just can't be... Or one day a week from home you can work, but it can't be Monday or Friday. So no long weekends. Uh, okay, I want to talk about, I'm going to get into recommendations now. I'm wrapping up my podcast super early today because I have a lot to do because i got to leave tomorrow. So I want to talk about Manifest. That's a show that I recommended last week. Uh, I think we're on episode three or four. Again, to recap, if you're not into it or know what it is, it is about a bunch of passengers on a plane. It's kind of like Lost, I guess, but they're on a plane the plane lands, the passengers on the plane just think everything's normal. They, they went through some turbulence in the air. They're like, ooh, that was rough. And then they land. And when they land, everybody's like, what the hell? You guys, this plane disappeared five years ago. So everybody on the ground, right, all of their families and friends and everyone has moved on because they assumed this was like that flight in Malaysia that just disappeared. It'd be like the flight in Malaysia that everybody thought disappeared showing up, you know, three years from now. So everyone else has kind of moved on with life. They've all completely aged. Some people have brothers and sisters, and now they're five years older. But everybody on the plane is just like landing like they thought everything was normal. So you can have a lot of fun little lines, a lot of um, storylines from that, as you can imagine. I was kind of looking into it. It's really interesting. So this is, if you think about how the the whole entertainment um, world is working out. So, so this show is produced by NBC. And if you think of NBC, they got the Peacock service, which is a huge competitor of Netflix. And then, but seasons one and two of, there's three seasons of Manifest, seasons one and two are on Netflix. But then season three, right now you can't watch it on Netflix, but it's on Hulu, which is owned by Disney. And it's on Peacock. Okay, and then NBC axed the, the, the fourth season, they're not going to make it, and now people are petitioning Netflix, Netflix to pick up the show. And it's been like the most watched show for at least a week or so on their, on their you know, most watched items list. Okay, other recommendations. So I like Manifest. I watched 
uh, on Sunday night with my wife. I'm like, okay, we're going to watch a movie. Let's watch this quiet place. All right, this is going to be controversial because everybody likes a quiet place. It's got like 99% you know, ratings. John Krasinski and his wife, I think Emily Blunt. And it's about the concept is that they can't make any noise or they'll be attacked by some sort of these creatures that have taken over Earth. Hope I didn't ruin it for everybody. So I was just like, whatever. It's definitely not a movie I would ever watch again. And it reminded me of this other movie I watched with my wife called Get Out. And Get Out won all these awards. And I won't even go into what that was about. But it was like that. It was 99% Rotten Tomatoes. And everybody's talking about it. I'm like, oh, we got to watch Get Out. And we watched it. And we're just like, ugh. I guess I either just like, I, I just like big production, shoot 'em ups or kind of cerebral uh, TV shows at this point. I did watch the one night. I was my wife gone. I can't remember. But we watched Bay, I watched Baywatch with my children. That is a funny movie, in my opinion. It's Zac Efron, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and a bunch of uh, other really funny actor, actors and really attractive actresses. And it, they just make fun of the whole TV show Baywatch. It's, it's, it's absolutely hilarious. I highly recommend it, particularly if you have kids. They do want to be a certain age. There's a lot of um, kind of sexual innuendos in it. A lot of uh, everybody's in a bathing suit the whole time. So, uh, yeah, enough on that. So those are the recommendations. Short podcast today. Thank you for listening. And uh, if you want to be a guest or you liked it, give me five stars. If you didn't like it, just don't rate me. And uh, go ahead and email me at sean at hathawayfinancial.com and come on here and be a guest or ask me a question there, and I'll try to address it here. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great weekend and peace out.